This is Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. I'm Andrew, and this is my co-host, Spencer. We want to bring you an American perspective on the world game. Welcome back. We have an emergency national team, United States men's national team roster release ahead of the World Cup. Spencer, we had to get together. We had to. Had had to. Had no choice. Um, They're our boys, the red, white, and blue. It's what uh, brought us together in the first place. And back at the World Cup, it's so close we can taste it. And Speaking of taste, we got a kind of a tasty roster reveal today because Greg hit us with a couple surprises. I know, and and as something we've talked about thousands of times, seemingly right, usually reserved for Thursday conversation in our uh, in our text message before this app before we started doing this. Um, you know, you think you got the roster, you think you know what you're going to look at, and then Greg Greg's got some thoughts. Well, it's funny because like we spent the last pod, like right at the end, I was like, "Yeah, we'll re-record. I think it's going to be boring. Like, Greg's not going to do anything to surprise us." Blah blah blah. And I don't know. There's three, four picks that were really, really surprising, really out of left field to me. And yeah, we'll um, dive into them here in a minute. Well, and it's not even just that. I think it would have been surprising seeing these pop up for friendlies right for like some of these calls where you're just like you know i mean not to spoil anything here but no stefan how'd you write we got we got some stuff to talk about here guys but uh guys that we haven't seen in years in some cases so guys that i guess greg has seen but i you know i don't know when um, guys that greg seemed to put on exile island a while ago and i you know, let's not mow into it. We'll uh, we'll get there when we get there on some of them. Um, it seems like we're pretty horned up for it. You just want to like dive into it and just maybe yeah, start man. back to front. Yeah, man. Uh, let's let's start with the keepers. Let's, All right. Uh, so, if for some reason you haven't seen this roster yet, we'll uh, read it off to you. We've got it net between the sticks: Ethan Horvat, Sean Johnson, Matt Turner. Um. Obviously, Matt Turner, no surprise there. I, I would say even Horvath, not a huge surprise there to me. Sean Johnson, right. no Zach Steffen, though. What What are your thoughts there, Andrew? No Zach Steffen after he's been pretty much the clear choice number one for two years, three years, right? I mean, barring injury, he was kind of who you assumed was going to be the goalie, right? He gets the big move to city after being a got being Greg's player in uh with Columbus Crew back in the day, right? Gets the big move to city and yeah, he was never taken over for Ederson or anything like that, but you kind of assume he's going to be part of it and it just 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 not just a shock to me. Yeah, I really was pretty taken aback by this. Not that I even disagree with it. It's um just a matter of we've seen in big games before. Um, it it only what has been maybe eighteen, maybe eighteen months, maybe two years since Matt Turner's even made this a conversation. Like it's it wasn't long right. ago that this was Stefan's net, pretty decisively Stefan's net, and just to see kind of the fall from grace. Obviously, I got to see some of it like firsthand at City when he was there. Um, had some horrific moments there, and I honestly, if he was on our team sheet, it was a bad omen for things to come most of the time. Um, so I've lived it firsthand, but still to see him fall that far from grace to where he's not even making the roster is, you know, pretty remarkable to me. I know there's been some knocks here and there throughout the season, but you know, still, man, I was pretty shook. Like when they, cause they released it like sequentially, kind of like how we're talking about it right now. They released it sequentially at their little, you know, super hype up, thing that I I don't know I, were you a fan of that in general I watched a little bit of it I thought it was like I kind of like thought just to get on a tangent the like interviews and stuff were kind of cool but you know just give me the roster man just drop the Twitter graphic that's all I'm really here for and well and they had stuff to surprise us with right they had True. <laughs> leading up to like because they did it all alphabetical right so you start with um 
<laughs> so you start with Horvath and you go, okay, Stefan S, we're still good. Then you get Sean Johnson and it's just like, uh-oh, somebody's somebody who I've seen play a lot for the national team isn't coming. And then my first thought was like, well, it can't be. I mean, Turner has to go. He's been playing the best. He is our best choice right now for goalie. I believe that. But to not even get a seat on the plane is, is I think, the crazy thing. I mean, we've seen Turner come up huge for the U.S., right? And honestly, like Horvath in those sub-appearances, if you got somebody that's, you know, like we all know what he did in the in the Gold Cup, right? Coming up huge, coming in, stopping shots, beating Mexico, right? That Guardado penalty, big save, but... To not get a seat on the plane for the guy who's been there for two years, your number one, is is insane. I mean, I don't know that he would have played. I still think I would have picked Turner over him. And with goalie, you can only play one barring an injury, right? It's not center back where you need a couple of armor midfielders where you can line up differently. You just get one goalie. And to not even bring our most experienced, the guy who's played at the highest level. All right, Greg, it's your call, man. I, um, in all honesty, I don't have a terrible problem with any of it. Um, he's just, he's really been out of form for a while, man. I, it's just more than anything. It was, it was kind of a sign of things to come and we can kind of wrap up on the goalkeepers here, but, um, it was a, it's a sign of things to like come because <laughs> there were some more surprises as we go down the list here. And that was the first of only a few for the night. And that, yeah, just before we move on real quick, I think this is probably the only one we're going to be 100% aligned on, but I think we both want Turner and Net, right? Yeah. No surprises or anything there. Keep it easy, but Zach Steffen, no seat on the plane, man. Yeah, and if it, um, like you were saying, when they were dropping it like sequentially and they went alphabetically, if that third name after Horvath and Johnson <laughs> was Zach Steffen, the Empire State Building might have burned. Well, but like with with Berhalter, like I agree with you, but like with Berhalter, would we be shocked if he just was like, yeah, no Matt Turner, our best goalie. He's just not going and be like, oh, all right, Greg, we'll we'll see how it goes, man. It would have been a bold move, Cotton. (laughs) I don't know that it would have paid off. (laughs) I think that's uh, that's most of what we got really on the keepers there. Not much more to be said than that. Um, Move on to defenders and there's some surprises in there. Um. I want to just preface this. We learned Chris Richards yesterday uh, wouldn't be yes. able to go through yes. injury. So that explains that absence. But otherwise, uh, in order, we're looking at CCV, Cameron Carter-Vickers, Serginio Dest, Aaron Long, Shaq Moore, which we'll get into that one. Yeah. Tim Ream, which I've got a lot on that one. <laughs> uh, Jedi Robinson, Joe Scally, DeAndre Yedlin, and Walker Zimmerman. Um I'll just kind of let you drive the ship, Andrew. Where do you want to start in that? Because there's a couple of things I think we got to dive into. Sure. Um, I, I think start with just we're talking center back pairing because maybe that's weirdly the thing we can probably know what we're going to get here because it's what we've been getting from them lately. Um, I'd love to see. I, I think it's going to be Walker Zimmerman and I think it's going to be Aaron Long um, with the Richards injury. You're right. Um, going out there. But that's who he's been playing and like Reem getting the call up huge. He's been playing great for Fulham. I mean, you probably can, we could find that quote from Pep the other day, right after Fulham played city, your boy Pep Guardiola. But seriously, it was, <clears throat> I was great to see him on there just cause I start, you start to get worried. Greg's doing stuff like calling up Eric Palmer Brown and other just completely unnecessary things where you go, we're not getting anything from Eric Palmer Brown. Like, Stick to what we know. So I'm happy to see Zimmerman. I think he's been probably our best center back this year. Um, Happy to see Aaron Long. They've been at least been a partnership. Have they been a good partnership? I'm not sure. I think Cameron Carter Vickers has probably been our guy in Europe playing the best outside of Tim Ream for the past year, Um, playing well for Celtic. But um, yeah, I think uh, I think that's a good I, I think that's where we start is with the center backs. Yeah, so I got that quote for you pulled up. It was um, after the game against Fulham with City, we talked about it on the last pod, Pep went up to Tim Ream and said, if you were 24 instead of 34, you'd be playing for me, to which Tim Ream responded, it's too bad. I'm not or, I'm not 35. I'm 35, not 34. Jesus Christ, could I read a quote? But 
anyway, funny little quote, but yeah, man. Um, I think we've kind of all, I don't know. I don't want to speak to it too much because we thought we knew what the roster was going to be. I'm going to say, you know, (laughs) a little bit begrudgingly that I, I think I believe our center back pairing is going to be, as you said, Walker Zimmerman and Aaron Long. Um, I do like to see Tim Ream in there, though, man. I It's kind of something I've been beating the drum for for a while here. He's looks good for Fulham. He looks good against some of these players that he's going to be playing against at the World Cup. He holds his own. He doesn't look lost out there. Um, sure, he's prone to mistakes. He's not Virgil van Dyke. He's not Ruben Diaz. He's not one of these crazy, amazing center backs that are in the league, but he holds his own out there, man. Well, and I, I mean, even then you bring up a good point about he's played against a lot of these guys. For how long has the U.S. team been about, oh, we have the youngest squad. We're bringing the youngest squad, right? We have the least experience. It's like young is great until you need an experienced guy to go back there and been like, hey, I've been playing at Fulham for years, right? Yeah, I've we seen just, all before. We just talked about this the other day on the other pod about like Southampton. It's not FIFA career mode, like – if I'm playing FIFA career mode and I'm managing the U.S., yeah, I'll just bring all the young, talented guys that have pace and are super fast. But, mm-hmm. you know, in real life, um, especially with a tournament that's just going to be weird. It's just weird all around. The timing of it's weird. The setting's weird. It, it's it's going to be good, I think, to have like a stabilizing force. Not to mention, um, we don't know how much you'll see the pitch, but he plays week in, week out right next to Jedi Robinson every week. That's one of the first two names on the Fulham sh- like team sheet are those two, and they're they have chemistry, they know what to expect from one another, and that's something that I think is going to be extremely important in this kind of setting. Yeah, and and he plays a comfortable like left center back, which I believe all these guys are right footed. I know Zimmerman is, I know Long is, um, I believe Cameron Carter Vickers is, but you know, having somebody on the left side there who can play, you know, is comfortable playing the ball and that chemistry with Jedi Robinson, I think brings us right over to talking about like left and right back here, which weirdly might be our two most set positions at the, you know, at the World Cup here. It's like, we know we're starting Serginho Dest on the right and we know we're stopping, starting uh, Anthony Jedi Robinson on the left. Now, I want to just jump in and say, he likes to be called Jedi. You're hearing me right. Jedi, the term for the, you know, from Star Wars is what he likes to be called. It's not a nickname we've given him, you know, in case you're very casual here. We have a guy named Jedi to root for at the World Cup. Just want that Pretty to be cool. known. In case you're Pretty picking cool, a favorite bro. player, real fast, nicknames, calls himself Jedi. Pick a favorite player, man. There he is. It's a good start for sure. Um yeah, I don't think we really need to get into those two. Like you said, they're, they're pretty locked in. I, I don't know. I keep saying things are locked in, but then freaking Greg just blew my mind with this roster today. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to expect from him. But I, we'll, we'll operate under the assumption they're pretty locked into those two spots on the wings, and we'll kind of dive into the guys that are behind them for a little bit of depth. Um, I don't know about your opinion, your opinion on him. Like DeAndre Yedlin, I kind of always thought he was going to be there. I yeah. I think he's he's a bit past it. I don't love him when he's on the field all the time nowadays, but I think having a guy, I mean, he's going to be one of the only guys that's, is he the only guy that's ever played in the World Cup? I guess Tim Ream now also. I think he yeah, was there I guess he, I, That we have to check, I guess. But I know he was on the last one. They were mm-hmm. They brought it up during the broadcast. It was like, Yedlin and somebody else were the only two holdovers because just in case you really didn't know, USA missed the World Cup four years ago. It was an absolute tragedy. Oh, we moved on. Uh, We're not talking about that. I I know, but I I feel like, well, why didn't they play last year? Most of these guys were good four years ago. It's like, yeah, most of them were, but you're right. Moving on. We're not going to be bitter about it today. We have good national team news. So you're right about DeAndre Yedlin. Um, Speed, right? Runs up and down. Um, the other thing, unfortunately, I think about with him is he loses people at the back post. Um, that can happen to any right back, but that's what do we think of DeAndre Yedlin? I have what are the whatever the opposite of fond memories are. I have horrible nightmares about uh, him losing guys at the back post and then being very close to the ball when it gets like scuffled over the line. Um, but like again, experience, right? Not all, not to just shit on the guy, but 
you know, he has experience. He has like a trait we kind of talked about before with like Zimmerman's really good in the air, right? Yedlin has a trait. He's very fast, right? He can run somebody down if need to. Yeah. And, you know, I, I honestly, at the end, I don't have really any objections about him being there, um, especially with I, I thought maybe it would cost a guy like Joe Scally a chance to go um, mm-hmm. because Yedlin might be there. And Scally, he's an interesting one. He's younger. Playing in the Bundesliga, obviously at Muchen Gladbach, which is you know pretty decent high level. level, high level, yeah. high, high level, and he's had some uneven performances with the U.S. Um, I believe it was in one of the qualifiers he played, and he had a really atrocious performance. I think he got taken off at like halftime. And mm-hmm. um, that said, the last time we saw these guys play. And those two horrific friendlies where everybody on the pitch was horrific. He was one of the standout guys. He's one of the only guys. And after the game, I was like, well, he played pretty good. And the other 10, I don't know what they were doing. They had their heads up their ass the entire time. So right. low, low um, bar that day. Low bar yeah. That day. So honestly, I was pretty happy to see him on there. Like I said, I was a bit worried that somebody like Yedlin being on there might cost him a spot, but that wasn't the case. Um, and so I, I think, do you have anything else to add on Scally? I mean, I think we're both happy to see a younger guy like that who's going to be a, quite possibly a part of the future here, go Absolutely. to this tournament at least. Yeah, man, I'm I'm happy to see him out there. I'm happy to see him not need to be, not thrust into a starting role, right? Um, I think maybe we kind of undermined how good Robinson has been on the left in the Premier League, kind of, you know, because we're glossing over it earlier, Anthony Robinson, and then Serginho Dest, a ton of flair, um, a gr- really, really good going forward. Not as much going back, uh, going back defensively, but um, probably you know if you ever watch like a U.S. national team goals of the year, Dest is going to pop up on there a couple of times. But the nice thing about Scally is he's real young and he can play on both the right and left side. He plays on actually the left side more often than not for Gladback as a right-footed player, um, which is important to just kind of have some positional flexibility because the only other true wing back they're bringing or you know right back left back is Shaq Moore man do we have any thoughts on what Shaq Moore's doing here so I've thought about this one I don't love it (laughs) but I don't hate it either um when you look at the alternates um I mean the two guys that came to mind for me were Sam Vines Mm-hmm. and probably Reggie Cannon. Reggie Cannon was the one I was going to say. And um, I must profess that I'm not a Reggie Cannon fan. Sam Vines, uh, I see a lot of stuff saying that he's supposed to be good, but every time I watch him play, he's not really doing it for me. Yes. Shaq Moore, I mean, we're we're – picking at the edges here like I don't think these guys are gonna play that much barring injury I I think Shaq Moore's solid man I I think he's he's not gonna wow you out there but he's not gonna lose you the game typically either like he's just kind of a good solid bench option for a wingback so I, I didn't hate it I was just a bit surprised to see it how about you um, I, I got to say, the only thing I can think of with Shaq Moore is he screams 89th minute sub in a game where we're trying to kill off some time. Hopefully we have a few of those. So, you know, we're all, I guess, in a roundabout way, really hoping for some Shaq Moore minutes. Um, <laughs> just because an 89th minute sub, if you're subbing on defender, probably means we're up in the game. But yeah, I, you're right. It comes to like, are we going to bring Sam Vines to the World Cup? Like, no offense to Sam, Sam Vines, but. He hasn't ever been good in a, in a USMNT game. He's had a couple games. I'm sure that were fine, but like he's never impressed me in a, in the national team setup. And then he doesn't play at a super high level. So you can't even fall back on like the, Oh, well he starts every week. Like we're saying for Joe Scally plays every weekend and week out for the most part in Germany, right? One of the top leagues in the world for Sam vines. I just don't have, I don't have any real thoughts there. Um, I know you're not a Reggie Cannon guy. <clears throat> I did, I I did think Reggie Cannon was going to be kind of the the auxiliary call up there over Shaq Moore, but um, if Shaq Moore can give us the same kind of flexibility, I think in the past Greg has gone to Reggie Cannon more over Shaq Moore. So 
that's kind of the only thing that really surprised me with that. But um, speaking of uh, surprises, we had a few in the midfield, buddy. Do you want to uh, kind of introduce the midfield there? Sure. Let's uh, move along to it. I I actually thought, to me, midfield was the one that was the least surprising of the positional groups. Um, But there's one in there that I'm a bit caught off guard by but the one is a big one i think is how i would say that the one surprise is just like oh okay sure let's uh let's just go ahead and run through it we've got brendan aronson lock obviously was going to be there kellen acosta tyler adams luca delatore weston mckinney Eunice musa and the surprise that we were referencing a minute ago is christian rolled on um i think that's kind of just a mix of guys that you know what, Aronson, Adams, McKinney, Musa, even De La Torre, as long as he had a bit of a injury concern with his hamstring. Yep. As long as he was fit and ready, I think all five of those guys were pretty much a virtual lock to this. Um, Kellen Acosta, for my money, I think he was probably a lock for this roster. I'd have been very surprised not to see him on there. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I really like Acosta just as kind of that. You're talking about we have Tyler Adams. We have Weston McKinney. We have Eunice Musa. We have Luca De La Torre even, right? Anybody out of those four starting, if you're getting to the fifth, you know, if we're going to sit here and complain about our fifth midfielder, Acosta's got a really nice right foot on him, right? And he can play kind of at that level. And honestly, he's coming in hot. He just won the just won the uh, the MLS Cup with LAFC. And I'm not upset to see him on the plane, but I think uh, I think we got to talk a little bit more about that MMA midfield, bud. Yeah, I mean, what do you want to talk about with it? I think I, I think that of almost anything on this team, um, if we don't see that game one, that might get a thing like that might be the thing that gets Greg fired after this tournament if he take, puts out any other in a big game. Maybe if um, when we're playing Iran in the third fixture and we don't need points for some reason, that would be a great scenario to be in. That's but the if, dream. rest them, that's the dream. But, um, <laughs> but if uh, otherwise, that's got to be some of the first names on your team sheet. Like I, all three of them, they drive the play so well and I think they just have to all be on there so that was no surprise with any of them I think they're going to be the first three guys that you would always write in that midfield slot yeah during the uh during the broadcast they had Jermaine Jones from the you know from men's national team fame he kind of put it a good way I just thought of and it's not exactly an original thought but just being like whether you have this attacking you know whether the defense needs to be your spine or the offense needs to really have some teeth to score the midfield needs to be your heartbeat, right? The midfield needs to be where everything is is good, right? A steady pace, everything. You're not losing games in the midfield. With Tyler Adams, who's been playing great for Leeds, Weston McKinney, who's not been playing great for Juventus, but has been incredible in a men's national team shirt. And then Eunice Musa, who I, I you know how I feel about Eunice Musa. He's one of my, he might be my favorite player on the national team. So smooth with the ball. I think having those three in there and at the very least always having Adams and McKenney in there really provides us with a lot of um, a lot of stability. Um, what do you think the U.S. gains in making sure Luca De La Torre was on the plane? Because we talked about it a little bit. He had some injury concerns, but we kind of threw him into that midfield group of people we like, but just want to make sure we uh, we talk about him a little bit. Yeah, I think. After you get past that Musa, McKinney, Adams midfield, uh, for my money, he's not played a ton of Celta Vigo when, since he's gotten there. But Luca De La Torre, when he's got the U.S. kit on, he looks to me by far the next best option to slide in there. Um, I don't want to go too far ahead. Um, you know, sp- spoiler alert: Gio Reyna's on the roster, but like. If you consider him as somebody that can kind of play in the midfield, um, I think the formation we run, that doesn't really make a ton of sense. Not for him to be as deep lying as he is. If we ran more of like a natural 10 that was a little more advanced maybe, but outside of that, I don't think there's really much of an argument to me. Like De La Torre, when he puts that U.S. shirt on, he's really impressed me in all of his showings. He's never really looked like he doesn't belong out there. What do you think? I, I think he weirdly might be our best like pure passer in the midfield. 
um for all the great things that like adams mckenney and musa bring to the team most of it is like dynamic they can run at you they're great pressuring the ball they're great in free you know making moves up and down the field a couple of times when luca de la torre has come on late i can't remember who they were playing against but he put a great ball into the box you know like off a corner kick kind of a reset right and just whipped one in back post and i think it was headed towards a goal and things like that like they matter right i think acosta can do that too a little bit i think of him more as a free as a free um a free kick guy um, but Luca De La Torre might be our best like progressive passer of the ball, especially in the midfield. So absolutely excited to see him on um on the plane. Um the last <clears throat> well, before uh Christian Roldan here, which we absolutely will discuss, what do you think about Brendan Aronson being called a midfielder here by Greg? Um you know, I guess maybe it's something I, I tend to think it's kind of more of a nothing burger here. Like he's just really versatile. Like he can play up, he can play in the midfield. Uh, the only way I think you maybe see that is if he somehow wants to try to get all of like way, Aronson and Polisic into the game. But I mean, at, at that point, if you're running a four, three, three, like we have forever, I, I, I like I said, I, worry that maybe he's going to pull some more surprises out of his like hat, but I don't see that really changing. I, I don't really see a place. I, I know they experimented with it. It was in the last friendlies that they put him back in the midfield for a little bit. Nothing about those friendlies went very well. So <laughs> it didn't it's hard show to call me that. Yeah. 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 It didn't show me anything that would make me like eager to try that again. Um, I just think, it's yeah, he can go back there. I tend to think maybe it was just kind of nothing though. I think in the end, we're still probably seeing him up on the wings and either the left or the right. How about you? Yeah, it's just in my head. He might be our most consistent attacking player over the last calendar year. Um, I think Pulisic is our best. And I think when Reyna's actually, you know, at the peak of his powers, we've seen what he can do, but they've both just been injured and in and out of the lineup a lot. Like, over the last year, especially at the club level, like Aronson's been instrumental in like the Leeds attack, which we talked about on the last pod. Like they score, they're scoring four goals a game, right? They're scoring three goals a game, and he's a huge part of that. He's playing about every minute for them. Um, and I think it's the, I think he's better suited to play forward. I also think we have more space to play him up top than we do in the midfield, right? I want to keep that MMA midfield that's been so good, right? McKenny, Musa, and Adams. Um, and throwing Aronson in there messes that up a little bit, right? It just isn't the same type of chemistry. Um, cause I think at this point we just kind of need to line up that we can have all as many of our good players on the field at the same time as possible. For sure. Um, so, you know, we'll see how that plays out. I, maybe it's something, maybe it's nothing. Well, only time will tell, I think on that one, let's, uh, move on to the last guy we really have to talk about here. And that's Christian Roldan. Uh, getting into the squad thoughts. I've got a few of them, but I'll, I'll let you take the lead on this one. I, I, let me actually just lead it by saying like a couple of the guys that off the top of my head are probably getting left at home with rolled on being on there. Um, the first guy that came to my mind was Malik Tillman. Yep. Yeah. That's, that was one was, that was one that kind of hurt a little bit. Uh, I don't know, though. He he didn't really show us a ton in the games leading up to it. I can't say that I necessarily am going to be, you know, upset with Greg for that. Uh, I, I wish he's done. A, he's looked good in spurts at Rangers since he's gotten there. But, you know, with a U.S. shirt on, I just don't think we've really seen anything that would be like, yeah, we got to get you on the plane. Uh, do you disagree with that? No, and he's he's definitely the most exciting guy I wish we were seeing just because he has a great size. I, I think he brings something to the game, right? Um, he was absolutely on a run of form earlier with Rangers this year, right? Right. I think – didn't he score in the Champions League qualifier for them? Like a huge goal in mm-hmm. – you know, like this the season of Rangers at the end of it, right, which is, you know, the second best team in Scotland, best team in Scotland depending on the year, um, it will include his goal. 
right? He's kind of fallen off. And he's very young. I, I want to say he's 18 or 19. Um, so he'll definitely have time to play in the future, but that's the more exciting option, right? Like, are we upset to not have Sebastian Legette on the team? No. Um, Mr. Becky G himself. Mr. Becky G himself. Um, <laughs> but they have, I, I Christian Roldan to me is the epitome of like solid, right? It's like, oh, what does Christian Roldan give you? Positional flexibility, right? He can play a little bit of like an unattacking right mid. I wouldn't be surprised if he like had to do emergency right back duty. Um, if you remember like real early in the, in the, uh, Greg Burhalter run, there was the Christian Roldan role, right? Which is a, which was them playing almost like a three at the back. And then Roldan would play right back and then kind of come into the midfield to help out with the midfield there. And it's one of those things like, I don't know, maybe two, three years ago, got a lot of conversation is like, Oh, look at, look at Greg with his, uh, you know, versatile, you know, but thing there, but yeah, I, I can't, I, I can't believe he's on the plane, man. Yeah. Um, just a couple other guys just to run through them. Um, Johnny Cardoso. Did you think he was going to be there? I don't, I don't think he really showed me enough. Um, I'm never watching the Brazilian league. I mean, he's obviously down there. He's a little more unique of a story where he's got Brazilian ties and he plays in that league, mm-hmm. but in his limited time up here with the big squad, I really haven't seen a ton from him. Um, the other one that's, if you consider him a midfielder, he's kind of the same role as Aaronson, I guess, uh, is Areola, Paul Areola not being there. Um, I don't yeah. disagree with it, but I am surprised by it. How about you? Um, yeah, the Johnny Cardo, outside of the fact that he wears Johnny on the back of his uh, uh, his jersey, and I know we love, we love to call it soccer here, but, you know, anytime you get to have a Johnny football, like, you know, would have been kind of fun. Um, especially on the end of the bench where you wouldn't need him. Um, I think Roldan gives you more than Cardoso does, but Cardoso is also young. So, you know, who knows in two years, we could be talking about him, you know, making his way into the midfield. But, um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think, I think Roldan's probably, probably the right call there. I do think of Areola more as an attacking player. Um, I don't know if you saw this actually, but he had a really nice, uh, emotional, you know, Rudon, you know, like not being picked like these two last couple of days since he's known he wasn't going to make the plane ride was some of the hardest of his life and that kind of stuff. And, you know, for somebody we have given a lot of flack to as the epitome of a non-attacking attacking sub in Paul Ariola, um, I did feel bad reading the, uh, the Instagram post with a big, you know, picture, you know, like, I, but I'm a sucker for that too. I, I want guys who want to play for the national team. You're not right? the so, only one. I, I felt bad for him too. Like he has become a punching bag kind of for the U S fan base As results on the pitch aside. Like he is a guy that does care and you can tell yes. that he cares. And I understand why he's there a lot of the time. Like if, when you look at his numbers in the MLS, they actually are quite impressive. And right. I know it's a big lightning rod thing in the U.S. men's team, like sphere of like MLS versus European players. Like the MLS, while I, I'm probably always going to lean towards the European guys, at least depending on what if they're in a top five league or something, probably for sure. But the MLS even compared to like go back to 2014, like the 2014 team, if we had a guy playing in Europe in 2014, they had to be on the plane, basically no ifs, ands, or buts. Yep. The MLS is to a level now where it's grown quite a bit. You see guys from the MLS make the jump to Europe kind of with semi regular regularness nowadays. So the league is as a whole grown just for a guy being an MLS, I'm not going to just be like one of those fans that underrates it and says, Oh, he's doing it in MLS though. So I don't care. He's, he's been good there. He just hasn't done it for me. And is some of that maybe just a thing of like, he's not when he's, when he's playing, it means like Christian Pulisic or Brandon Aronson aren't playing and he's not those guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's hard to look good sometimes in the shirt when you're trying to live up to the team's best players. Yeah, and, and that's a great point. Um, you can't 
because Paul Ariola is in there, it is a reminder of who is not in there, right? When it's Pulisic on the left and Ariola on the right because Reyna's been hurt, right? We're annoyed, and that's not Ariola's fault when he's doing it because Way has been hurt. Like, if anything, like, you know, I, I'm not upset he's not on the roster, right? But if anybody does, like, speaking more Dan specifically, I think of Ariola more as like, a good soldier doing his job, filling in when he needs to, except for he gets insane red cards and I'll never let that one go. (laughs) Um, Immediate sub in red card sub out. Like, thanks bud for all the help outside of that. Like, you know, I don't have bad Paul Areola memories. The only bad ones are like, he isn't who we want out there, which we can kind of get into now with what we have on the team. Yeah, we'll move on to uh, forwards here. Wrap up this last group. One other guy I did want to throw out there that just popped to mind and, I'm not surprised to not see him on the plane at all, but just a little shout out to him because he did have a great season in MLS is Georgie Mihailovic, but he's moving. He's moving to Chicago fire legend. Yeah. Yeah. He had a really good season in uh, Montreal last year, Mm -hmm. moving to uh, AZ Alkbar or whatever. I I think it's AZ Alkmar. Yeah. But moving on to them, um, I'm not surprised by it. He was never really in Greg's plans. And I, as surprising as a guy like Reem was to go in there without being in like any squads leading up to it, at least Reem, you could like fall back on the, you know, elder statesman thing, the experience. Getting it done in the prem. Yeah. He's right. got a lot of reasons. Right? So I wasn't surprised by it, but just a guy I thought I should maybe throw out there, give a little bit of an honorable mention if we're going through some of them. But, um, Let's go ahead. Let's move on to La Creme de la Creme, the forwards. <laughs> uh, um, except for the number nine. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, the wings, got, though, great. Yeah, I mean the the attackers, right? If we want to just call them all the attackers, <laughs> but and then move Brendan Aronson around. Yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's an impressive group. But we're looking at Jesus Ferreira. No surprises really there. Greg's guy. Uh, Jordan Morris, we'll have more on that. Christian Pulisic, obviously. Gio Reyna, Josh Sargent, Tim Weah, and maybe the surprise of the roster to me. Haji Wright on the plane to Qatar. Uh, there's a couple. There's a couple there. Which one do you want to start with, Andrew? Um, I think we. I think we start with kind of the knowns, right? Christian Pulisic is our is our best attacking player, right? Gio Reyna has the chance to be our best attacking player. Um, both those guys, I mean, Pulisic's, you know, not young, young anymore, right? But I've been stars for the national team for years. Um, the fact that they're both, knock on wood, heading into this healthy, do I wish they were both playing better or more regularly? I do, but they are the two most, I don't know, I want to say maybe talented players on the whole team, right, on their day. I mean, Pulisic's done it at the national team level he's done it for Chelsea not as much lately as we'd like but you know he's done it for Chelsea and I mean I don't know if I have to say any more than Gio Reyna and that run through the midfield for Mexico and I think he scored last weekend didn't he score last weekend I think I for... do believe so yeah so having those two guys healthy I think is about as good as we could have possibly asked for coming into this um yeah I, I think I've hollered at you several times before i think Gio reyna is maybe our most important player heading into this world cup um particularly in the group stage i think when you and we have a bit of differing opinions and we can at least touch on this here uh i think when you look at our three opponents in the group stage here you've got to worry about teams in wales and iran that may be sitting back a bit more uh we might have to pick the locks a little bit more than, you know, have a lot of the ball or whereas against England, I think they're probably going to dominate a little bit more possession. We'll be a little more behind the ball in that game and kind of hit, try to hit them on the counter. Um, I don't think we have a ton of guys that can do that on this team. Some of those guys in that MMA midfield, like I think Musa can do that McKinney to an extent. Um, yeah, but nobody even close to the level of Gio Reyna. I, I think he's, the locksmith on the team uh, that can 
really create things, find those tight little lanes, make something out of nothing. That run against Mexico, it's the stuff of dreams, oh. man. It's that it, you mentioned it's the stuff of dreams. Yeah, and I, and I think you bring up a great point is like you know, if you think of it as like you know, almost like a football analogy, right? If you have this one, if you have a receiver on one side of the field, who's going to get more of the coverage, right? If the guy on the other side of the field can get open, right? I would love for any of these teams we're playing to give more defensive focus towards Christian Pulisic and ignore Gio Reyna. Please ignore Gio Reyna. He's not very good. Don't guard him over there. I'm being completely sarcastic. I think he'll mess up anybody we're playing with off the dribble. So... If and even if it works back and forth, they get them switch sides. I think those are that's going to be where our bread is buttered in the attack here. Um, kind of moving on to who's going to help them actually finish off some of these goals and scoring moves. We got Jesus Ferreira, Josh Sargent, and Haji Wright as the uh, as the other attacking as like the main three options there for striker. What are you thinking here, bud? So just before we move on to them, I just want to throw the other winger in there because it's I don't have a ton on it. Do you really? I, Tim Way is the other guy. I, I think we knew he was going to be there as long as he was fit. And he's going to be one of those options off the wing. Um, do you have anything else on that? Or yeah, just move so, on? do you want to move on to the nines? Because we, we have a ton to talk about with the nines. Um, yeah, I just want to cover Tim Way in that I love Tim Way. He's so fast. He plays well. He plays for a really good team. If I, I'm a bigger Tim Wea fan than you are. I know that. Um, I didn't mean to blow by him there like he wasn't anything, but um, I think he plays for a good team in France. He plays well for that team when he plays, like all of our attacking talent, especially on the wings. Whether he's actually healthy or not is usually the thing keeping him in or out of the lineup. But if you're bringing on, I think I think he will absolutely be an impact sub. If you're bringing somebody on for Reyna or for Pulisic, in the 70th minute because they're gassed or they're not playing very well way I can absolutely change a game with his pace and finishing 100% and I'm a big fan I don't know where that came from I'm a pretty big fan of Tim way I just I do think it's going to be really interesting just wrapping this up on the wingers here uh I'm throwing Aronson into that mix because like I said I think sure. it's kind of a nothing burger with me and him being listed as a midfielder it's going to be interesting to see how Greg kind of bounces those four guys out and Pulisic way up um, Aronson and Reyna. So, cause I, I do believe they'll play Reyna off the wing. So it'll be interesting to see how Greg kind of deploys those four guys. It's four of our better players on the team. Um, but yeah, other than that, I don't have a ton on the wingers. It's kind of the strength of this team that in the fullbacks and the midfield. I'm in the midfield. Uh, it's more, so, down. we, have so, it's, we it's, have so many strengths. It's just so good. <laughs> <laughs> If only it was that simple, but <laughs> let's move on to the nine because this has been like the hot button issue in U.S. men, Twitter, <laughs> U.S. men, Reddit, U.S. men, anything like it's been the hot button thing. So I'll, I'll lead it off with, I think that Jesus Ferreira, like him or not, he was always going to be there. He does some things good. I think he does some things good. Mm hmm some off the ball things the goals just don't seem to come man and it's it's sometimes tough to stomach like your starting striker doesn't score you any goals um when some of the strikers in the world that are going to be in this tournament Mbappe um you know Benzema even like a guy like Cristiano Ronaldo is probably going to play central for Portugal like these mm -hmm. guys are just such lethal finishers that are going to be right there for the golden booth at the end of it. Even if you look at a team like Serbia with like a Mitrovic, like that's a guy that's yeah. going to bag some goals this tournament, I think. Absolutely. And it, it's tough to stomach it that way, but teams are just structured different. Our, our goals are probably coming from those wingers. We just talked about a minute ago. You just need a striker that's kind of in there doing the right things. Um, and I, I think Ferreira, Greg's always been a fan of him and he's always kind of was a lock for this team. What do you think? I think a lot of the time, the way especially Greg talks about Ferreira is, oh, his movement is so good. He's so good in the press, right? Which are the things that matter to the coaches. It's very easy to sit here as the dumb American go, but we need goals, right? The movement's great. If it doesn't end up in the back of the net, what are we talking about? I think the goals can come. He plays in MLS. The other thing that 
I always am worried about is like, okay, I know we kind of talked a little bit about just like, if you can't do whatever you're supposed to do, I need a trait. I don't know what his trait is. I'd love to have him be, a, you know, a bigger forward, right? If he goes out there and stands next to Polisic and Reyna, Reyna's the tallest guy by about a head, right? I mean, just if you're looking at the front three, if they're going to line up that way, I think he's good in the press. Um, but I don't know that I'm, he's, he, I think he's probably our best option. Yeah. I, I think he was just a lock. I don't have a ton else on him really. I, I, he was always going to be there, man. He was always going to be there. I, I don't hate him. I don't love him. And that's about all I got. Um, the could other two yeah. could be good. The other two, there's a little more there to break down. I think, um, I'm a Josh Sargent fan personally. I think that for my money, I notice more of these things we're describing, the good runs, that he's got a bit mm-hmm. more height. He's got a nice work rate. He does a little more of the things that Greg's rating Ferreira for to me. So I was happy to see him on there. Um, I kind of always have viewed him a bit as the guy the guy Greg wants to be the guy if, yes. if you know what i mean i think that's greg a great, that's wants that's a great way to put it yep. i think greg if you asked him if you gave him some truth serum one night and you asked him who he wants to be the number 9 for the us team i think he'd pick josh sargent um josh sargent always hasn't done enough to warrant that in his chances so that's kind of why i think ferreras had a chance to step in but Mm-hmm. This year for Norwich, man, he's been scoring. He's been doing those other things. Um, I actually, like, to the point of when he was in that really hot run, what, six weeks ago or so for Norwich, yeah. scoring every game. Like, if I'm on Twitter and I see Norwich City's playing, I'll, I'll bump on ESPN Plus and watch the second half of their game if nothing else is on. So, I, I don't know. I'm pretty happy to see him on there. I We'll get into some of the guys that were snubs, um, but – what are your thoughts on Josh Sargent? For Sargent, I think I 100% agree with you about Greg. Like, if you gave him true serum, who would he want to be the guy? He would want Josh to be the guy. That's a great way of putting that. <clears throat> I think some of his success this year has been linked to him playing more as the second striker or even often playing off the wing. Um, if you're, but he's bad goals. He's bad goals with headers. He's bad goals out of the press this year. All things you would love to see from your number nine. Um, I think honestly, a lot of it is he hasn't got it done with the national team. And then it's really easy to have kind of a bad taste in your mouth about him because he played with Norwich in the Premier League last year and wasn't playing for them. Was playing poorly when he got in for them. But that whole Norwich side was so poor that I think. I know me personally, I have to kind of like forget he ever did that, right? If he played in the championship last year and then the championship again this year, he would have been fine. And if we get a championship level striker, right, or even just a third forward there, right, I I think we're going to be happy with that, especially since he doesn't come in with this hype of, oh, he's going to be the guy. He might be the guy, but he's not coming in with this pressure of it. Right. And if you're a little newer to the soccer thing and you're just trying to binge before the World Cup, the championship second level in England, um, typically when people hear second division, they're like, oh, that's not a very high level. But it is one of the probably the 10 or so best leagues in the world, quite possibly, even though yeah. it's a second division in England. So it's still a pretty high level. Um, so, yeah, overall, sounds like we're kind of in agreement on Sargent here. Uh, hot button guy. <laughs> Haji right on here, man. Uh, Where the hell did this come from? I mean, like I, I, they've kind of showed their hand a little bit when you saw like the, a lot of the graphics would have uh, Jordan P. Fock, Ricardo Pepe. And then they'd always throw Haji right on as like the third guy with how many goals they've scored in the past three, you know, three months. Right. And, He's played for us before. Right now, he's playing for Antalanaspor. Man, if you want to give that a shot on the pronunciation, go for it. Um, he's 24. 
So he's still relatively young, especially as a striker. Striker almost weirdly kind of ends up being like a defender where you don't have to be this young hotshot. You can figure it out a little bit. Um, Not to shit all over him, but like he is tall, right? He's got kind of a presence about him. I don't know that he's going to go win 15 aerial duels and everything else, but um, he does absolutely give you something in his height that the other two don't. So I really thought that was when I first saw him on the team sheet. My first thought was, they want a tall guy. They want a guy that <laughs> if in the 87th minute we're down by a goal and we need a goal and we just start bombing crosses into the box, they want a guy that could get on the end of the header. And I said, you know what? When you have two other guys like Sargent and Ferreira, I'm okay with that. And then, I don't know <laughs> if you've heard of it before. There's this little thing um, came out a while ago. It's called Google, right? Sure. And I got on there and I typed in Haji Wright and I saw hmm. that he was six foot three. Great. Excited. And you just referenced a guy that missed Jordan Peefock, who's bagging yeah. goals in the Bundesliga. Yep. For so for, typed, a, for a top contending team. For a top contending team. And when I looked him up, six foot three inches. So <sighs> I'm confused, man. I, <laughs> I just, I mean, it was one of the, like, the crazy thing is that going through it, like, first we didn't see Stefan, and I'm like, oh my God, that's crazy to me. Then we saw Tim Ream in there, and I, that was happy. I was happy about right, that. Like, but okay, that was, yeah, look at us. That was yep. like, wow, okay. And then, right. you know, the rolled on thing, honestly, by then I was so surprised by there too. I was like, yeah, he's been there kind of. Okay. Sure. I, like that, that wasn't as shocking to me, honestly. Like it's, it was a little weird, but he's been included. He doesn't, hasn't started, but he's been included in a lot of like the qualifiers Good. and yeah. stuff leading up. True. So honestly, I was not that taken aback by that one, but Haji, right. Like, I think he's been there for maybe like a window in qualifying. I think maybe he played like a friendly. I remember him scoring like a penalty, like when it was yes. like five, nothing against somebody. Yeah, but that's like the only time we've really seen him, man. Like this one, just—I I don't know. Like, like I said, when I, the only real argument I have is the height thing. And I, if your argument against Peefock was he hasn't been in the team enough, he's been in the team just as much as Haji Wright has. He's the same height as him. He's playing better. I, Form, I can't tell you I sit here and watch the Turkish Super League or even the Bundes. I watch a little more Bundesliga, but but very disappointing. Yeah, they you've got you've got to watch. I know that Greg referenced form specifically with with Haji Wright versus Pifak, and you know, okay, like I've heard less about (laughs) I've heard less about Pifak. I know Union Berlin's doing a little worse than they were early in the season, but. I don't know, man. There's a gap in level there to me, and we'll see. I, I will see, man. I just, I don't know. You brought up trying to figure out what we're thinking here, right? If we're just going to put our our positive hat on about Haji, right? Right. He's the same age as Christian Pulisic. They were the two best attackers coming up through their age group, right? So they played all those youth tournaments together, right? I'm pretty that sure guy. they're good friends too. They are. And like that, when you talk about giving that penalty, I think Christian even earned that penalty and walked over and gave the ball to Haji Wright as like, you're my boy, go and score this. And he did to his credit. Right. So I'm not saying Greg picked him because he's friends with Haji Wright. Right. Or because Haji Wright's friends with Christian Pulisic. But if there is like a chemistry there that one, know, you know what I mean? Like if they played together, if we're going to talk about it for as a positive thing for, Tim Ream and Jedi Robinson, who granted are doing it every week at the highest level of soccer and surviving and doing well. Maybe we also give the benefit of the doubt to Haji Wright and Christian Pulisic. They're going to work some Giroux-esque one-two and, you know, get it done here. I I don't know. I don't know that we see a lot of Haji Wright. Maybe we see a lot of Haji Wright. I don't know. He's on the plane, man. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I mean, honestly, just wrapping that up, I think that's really the only argument I see is that maybe it's a team morale thing or something. And you're just like, well, if we don't have Sargent or Ferrero, we're probably in trouble anyway. I, I, let's just go over really quickly. The couple of guys that kind of besides Peefock, like Pepe, Pepe, I, I kind of brutal. Man, it's, it's tough, man. I, I, 
he, he's had such a weird career arc the last only like 12 months, man. It wasn't long ago that he was winning us qualifiers in Honduras almost single-handedly and goes to the Bundesliga, just plays for a bad team at Augsburg. And I don't know, man, it's just a fall from grace is crazy. Just out of form, goes to the Netherlands. He's starting to score again. I'm seeing him, you know, at least signs of life there. But I don't know. It's... Interesting. I, I I can't believe he's not not. I keep saying on the plane because I don't have a better way to say. It, but I can't believe he's not on the roster, um, just because he's done so much for us. Right, carried us in the Gold Cup, carried us through qualifying. Right, and like striker, a lot of time you play the hot hand. Right, I mean the legend of Bobby Wood carries on where he had basically a good year for the national team and not a lot else in his career. Right. But, you know, you still think of him as a good way because Altador was hurt. And so he so he lives on. But to not get a he because he also falls under this thing of like a promising young player. Right. To not bring someone like that and then bring Haji. Right. And then to not bring Jordan P. Fox, Ibachu. I I hope Greg's got this right, man, because it's it's not the easy decision for sure. Right. Um. We're running a little long here, so I I don't have a ton more on Pepe. So unfortunate. Just um, he's got a long while ahead of him, and if he refines his form like he is so far in uh, the Dutch league at Groningen, I think he's got a chance to be okay. And come twenty twenty six, he could be a really important part of this team. But right. It's got to suck for him here. Um, I just kind of realized we kind of glossed over the Jordan Morris thing too, just to get into him really quick. Um, at the end of the day, like, there's a lot of people that didn't like this one. I don't love it personally, but when I look at kind of how the roster's constructed, he's a guy that can kind of play centrally a little bit, plus play on the wings. So, yeah, I, I think that I kind of understand that you want a guy that's got a little more versatility. I don't think he's going to be seeing a ton of the pitch, so it's more of a in case of emergency break glass type scenario, I think Um, he's a guy that's got a little bit of experience with a team. Uh, It's been around for a long time. So when you got a really young team, I I didn't hate this one. What about you? I, I got to say it, man. I love Jordan Morris. I, he had that horrific run of knee injuries. He came up as this young, you know, guy at Stanford who was playing college soccer and playing with the national team. That wasn't necessarily going to be the next big thing, but he was a big thing when it was happening. And God, I thought he was going to be good. Um, him making this roster, like when they they showed a lot of the guys getting the call with Greg uh, Berhalter, right, that they made the team. I'll admit I got a little bit choked up watching that. Like he was emotional about it. Um, so I'm I'm happy to see him on the plane. I'm definitely happy to see him making the team over a guy like Ariola we talked about if the conversations between him and Pepe or him and some of these other guys, I think that's where it gets to be tough, but I definitely think he gives you that winger flexibility. Um, And he's Greg's brought him on late in games. I think he kind of trusts him to win a ball in the air. I think actually he's the one who scored. I talked about the cross from De La Torre earlier. I think it's Jordan Morris on the end of that in a pretty big game, but um, I I like having Jordan Morris on the team. Um, I don't, necessarily think you would bring him over Pepe or anything that in just a dead heat but um I I like having Jordan Morris yeah I think at the end of the day we just kind of both are summing that one up as don't love it don't hate it sounds like a good dude (laughs) it was the video you referenced it was kind of we got into with the areola thing it was pretty cool to see a guy that cares that much make the team so good for him and honestly, that's that's the team there. That's the men that are going to lead us to the 2022 World Cup. What do you what do you yeah, think? All like, like a quick synopsis here, just the whole thing. What do you what are your thoughts? We're like what 13 ups, days out or something um, now. Yeah, man. Um, oh, they won't be all together until I think I wrote it down here as the. 14th and then their first game is i think the 21st if not sooner than that i think it's the 21st 21st sounds right so they get a week to kind of figure this whole thing out not that they haven't been playing together 
Um, but Pulisic's got a game at the weekend. A lot of these guys do. Um, that is a good thing that the MLS guys will theoretically all be together there. So that's, you know, your two starting center backs more than likely, some of the auxiliary wingers and midfielders. So you got mo- half the camp will already be together here, um, which I, I like. Um, I don't – it's just a lot of ups and downs, man. You, you We talked about just the way it came out. Stefan – Whoa, we're getting Stefan Christian rolled on like a surprise, but you know, not necessarily an impactful one. And then to just end with literally the last person, like Greg, is like, I don't know. I, I wonder if Haji Wright had a different last name if he wouldn't have made it, just because it wouldn't have been so dramatic. You know, if he was Haji Johnson, you know, it's not as impactful to have the last name not be Peppy, not be Sibachu. But yeah, man, this is our group. This yeah. is our group. I got to say, honestly, at the end of it, when I look at the roster, I can complain about the maybe phrase of it a little bit. When I look at the team, I think we're going to be able to field. It's going to be the guys that are actually really playing minutes for us at this tournament. You got to remember, too, normally these rosters are 23. They're 26 this year Mm -hmm. because of the weird nature of this World Cup. Like, There's a very good chance that... like these guys we spent a lot of time talking about aren't on the roster. If it's a 23, you know, these are the guys on the edges. They aren't our horses. Right. And outside of a couple guys, we didn't like reference injuries really with like miles Robinson and stuff, but sure. outside of that, we got most of our horses going into this man and I'm excited. I, I, I think we got a chance to make some noise in this group and you know, We'll reevaluate here in a couple of weeks and see what we got going on. Greg, Greg but, always says it's uh, it's two tournaments, so if we can just win this first uh, round robin, we'll see what we can do here, man. I'm excited for it. I love seeing the team together. I like the way they did the broadcast today, and I'm excited for for the next couple of weeks here. I don't know if you can hear that, but that's just me knocking on wood. Let's get out of this last match week. No injuries for God's sake. I hate that you even said it. Hey, knock, knock, buddy. But uh, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. I do want to reference one thing we forgot to talk about the other day, which, you know, we're setting a dangerous precedent for the lack of, you know, attention we we pay to the cup competition sometimes. We didn't even mention... (laughs) That we had a fish and fries derby. Our first one right away that happened today in the oh beautiful, beautiful Carabao Cup. Oh yeah. Uh, Chelsea came to City. City two nothing. I I was working. I didn't get to see a ton of this game. I, I heard Ortega played very good. I heard from like some Chelsea things that Polisic looked pretty good and he started for him, which is cool, but yeah, you know miss, missed an early chance, which you know, people online always get on him about, but it's like fell to him he didn't hit it but whatever Chelsea played fine um I don't know man I don't, I don't know what else I got to say about Chelsea at this point they didn't really rotate the squad they should have rotated it more and then they lose anyways I don't know man care about cup I'm not super upset about it well you don't get to say shit anyway because you're a loser and we own you so and we own you when the we're word, the famous last words of Manchester City. We own you. Hey, when we're, <laughs> you know, drinking that shitty British energy drink out of a ugly cup in the middle of February or whatever. Is that what it is? I always kind of thought it was like coffee or something. Like, I, I, I think it's an energy drink. I don't know. I, whatever they're drinking <laughs> over there. Just, just Red Bull. It's, it's, if you're it's listening li- to this. What it is is the lifeblood of Liverpool thinking they have meaningful seasons. So great job, boys. I'm just going to go out on a limb and just say, Red Bull, you obviously have an interest in soccer with your various clubs. If you're listening, A, throw me a sponsorship. B, sponsor the Carabao Cup. Just buy them out. Us a sponsor. Red Bull Cup. Yeah. Red Bull Cup. Red Bull Cup. I, I got time for that. You know, I'll reference that a little more. But yeah. We can, alas, be, we can, be, R, we can be RB Fish and Fries tomorrow. Cut us a check, baby. 100%. I'm not nearly as expensive as Leipzig or Salzburg, too. I can promise I'm you that. Pretty, or I'm New pretty York. expensive, yeah. But <laughs> anyways, that's uh, really all I got. We'll uh, reconvene here in a week or so once we got a Premier League weekend and all that past us. And 
working on a World Cup preview for next week. So Yes, sir. That'll be the next you guys hear from us. Um, we're excited. Really coming down to the business end on this, Andrew. Uh, I really can't wait. It's starting to feel very real despite the real. lack of you know normal circumstances surrounding this World Cup. Yeah, man. Uh, so excited. Glad to have a roster. Glad to know what we're bringing here. And uh, we hope you guys will join us next time. We appreciate it. It's just nice to be back, man. We're back. Oh, in the World was, Cup. 2018 was tough, man. Listen to all those intros year. and just shout out to all these. Suffered through it with me. Holy cow, man. <laughs> just, just suffering through all those previews and just not hearing them talk about America. But that's not the case. You got us to do it next week for you guys. We're back. So. We're signing off for tonight. Go USA. Andrew, talk to you here next week, buddy. Sounds good, man. Appreciate it.